Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Central Texas Life, the podcast. We're going to talk about art today, and I want to start with a quote. Creativity takes courage. That's by Henri Matisse. And that kind of describes Susan L. Sistrunk, who is here with me today. Um, You are a creative and courageous in the many different things that you're doing now. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I think all artists are pretty courageous. It takes a lot to take your creation and put it out in front of people to see and then decide, do I want to take things even a step further than where I'm at right now? Well, you as an artist, I want to find out, first of all, I want to let everybody know you have a, a fine art gallery in Waco, in Uptown Waco. Yes, ma'am. That look 2120. 2120. Okay. 2120 Washington. Mm-hmm. I'd written it down backwards, so <laughs> I'm glad you corrected me. 2120 Washington. And uh, your hours of operation? Uh, I do a lot of things by appointment, mm-hmm. but my official hours are Thursday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Okay, good. Well, now you have been open how long? Four and a half years Has now. it? Yeah, it's been four and a half years. We opened the gallery. I opened with a previous partner in 2019, March of 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, then in 2020, we were shuttered for 16 months oh, because yes. of COVID. Um, we went our separate ways, and I decided to keep the gallery and rebranded it under my name mm-hmm. in 2021. And over the last four and a half years, we've sold um, over 500 paintings of local artists out of the gallery. This is huge because what you do provide for artists, a venue. And uh, we recently did a Facebook Live about uh, Grayson Chandler's exhibit. It's over now. But he is a Houston artist Mm -hmm. and young guy. Yes, he's he's in his mid-20s, and he's already achieved a lot of success in Houston. It was great to have him here in Waco, get his feet wet in our local art scene, and I I hope we ha- see him back soon. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, it was just a beautiful work. I mean, really, really amazing work. Um, as you say, he's he's pretty well-known, getting better known, at least in, in Houston. I don't know, a lot of people are interested in collecting art. And so this was a, an opportunity you provided mm-hmm. for folks. Absolutely. Um, some of the best art collections I've seen he- here in Waco are the most diverse collections. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of three collectors right off the top of my head who would tell me, well, I'm not really an art collector, but you walk into their house <laughs> and their house is just full of art and it's all different kinds of art, mm-hmm. Western art, surrealist work, hyper-realism, um, 
photographic work and abstract work, impressionist work. I mean, it's just a full range of different kinds of art. So it's always a joy to help people also learn if they're thinking about collecting art, kind of guiding them through that process because some people get intimidated by art collecting because they say, well, I don't know anything about art. All you have to know is what you like. Do you like you it? Like. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I like that picture. I could see that over my sofa. Exactly. <laughs> it can be as, as basic as that. But I know a lot of people do look at this kind of thing as an investment. Mm-hmm. So how do you you know, kind of gauge that? Or is there any way? Well, there really isn't a way to gauge the investment factor unless you're buying someone, buying art from yeah, an artist who's already very well established, mm-hmm. very right. well known. There's if there's not really a great way to know how art will appreciate over time unless you're buying something like a Monet or, or, or Renoir. <laughs> you got very deep pockets. And then you have deep pockets and you know your investment is solid. Well, and and you know it's real and not a copy. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's that. There, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> which will get us a little later in our discussion to some of the other creativity that you've got going on. Um, but I kind of wanted to to learn more about your your journey as an artist. Mm-hmm. Did you always know from a little girl that you wanted to create art? Yes. Um, Did I you remember, really? Um, I was, my father was stationed in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, he was in the Navy. And I remember a school field trip when I was seven years old. And we went into this museum. And it had dark wood walls, similar to my Yeah, gallery, really, actually. your gallery. Uh-huh. And there were paintings everywhere. And I remember the smell of the oil paint. Oh, could you? And I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute. They have a whole building where you can just hang your pictures? And in my, you know, seven, six, seven-year-old brain, it just, like, blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, I received my first set of oil pastels from a friend of my parents. And they were Grumbacher. And to this day, I still have a few of them left. Do you really? I do. And they're the only brand I buy now. I know that's completely nerdy, but (laughs) Grumbacher was bought out by another company a few years ago. So now I go on eBay and I look for the exact same box of the exact same oil pastels that I had when I was a child growing up. <laughs> well, certainly you have consistency then <laughs> and, and what you're doing. <clears throat> so you so you uh, began painting. Did you take lessons? Did you study this in school? What? How did you kind of develop yourself as an artist? Well, I didn't study it in high school. My mm-hmm. mother uh, was very intent on me playing the flute. So I was a okay. classically trained flautist for nine years. All right. And then, but I still was drawing and doing things mm-hmm. when I could at home. And then when I graduated high school with some of the money that I got from graduation, I immediately went and bought myself a whole bunch of art supplies, Did a whole you? bunch of painting supplies. Yeah. And I took a semester off after high school and then I started college in the fall or in the spring, sorry, the following spring. And I signed up for a drawing class, and I kind of wanted to know if I was any good because I mm. thought I was kind of good at mm-hmm. it. And Mike Donahue was my first art professor at Temple College, and I had a show for him actually last year. Did you? And he he held my hand through the whole nerve-wracking process of starting to show art, 
And he was tough on me, but mm -hmm. it was fair. And so throughout the course of my college career, I decided, yep, yeah, I'm going to major in art. And my parents were probably shaking their heads. <laughs> After all those flute lessons we gave you. After all those flute <laughs> lessons and all the other possibilities, yeah. you're going to decide you want to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that's great. So is there a certain... You know, you mentioned abstract and impression. Mm -hmm. What? How would you typify your your work? What kind of led you in, or is there a certain direction you go in? It, it's interesting you should ask because I do a lot of different mm -hmm. types of art. Um, I do some. Just the past couple of years, I've gotten into abstract work with texture, mm -hmm. but until I want to say until about the last six to seven years, I was a representational artist, landscapes portraits and still lifes were kind of my wheelhouse and I got a little braver in the last few years and branched off into some other things. Does this open up the door to you for like commission work? Do you do that kind of thing? I do a lot of commission work, uh -huh. uh, a lot of pet portraits. People yeah. are always really happy to get a picture of their beloved animal at I Christmas know. time. So I, yeah. I do a lot of commission work in that sense and I do some paintings for people who have been to a certain location that was memorable to them. Mm -hmm. uh, I completed one of Cannon Beach, Oregon, actually, years ago for someone I worked with at the Methodist home. Mm -hmm. And I ran into him a couple of weeks ago and he said, I've still got that painting. It's, it's, it's hanging in our bedroom. And I, yeah. I just think that's really special to be able to help people preserve those memories. Yeah, very special memories. Oh, man, it, that is so neat. Um, painting, we've talked about mm -hmm. painting. Uh, but you, you also are a creative when it comes to, like, creating jewelry and things like that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've taken up jewelry making in the last few years. I do a lot of, like, silver work, hammered mm -hmm. silver, this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I've made all the noisy things on my on my wrists. Uh, I do a lot of stone setting now. I learned how to set oh. stones uh, about a year and a half ago. That was a painstaking process, but mm -hmm. it's one I'm glad I learned. And um, I do some decorative work with skulls, even, like animal skulls. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I do a lot of different things. Like a cow? Yeah, like cows and longhorns. Mm, yeah, kind and, of a Western. Yeah. Which does, you know, I mentioned Western. Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to uh, visit a couple of really fine mm -hmm. Western art galleries. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that as a as a genre, I think, mm -hmm. is is wonderful mm -hmm. and uh, do, so do you do do you you know do you do that kind of thing as well what kind of west what would be considered western art native I, american all that kind of right. thing i suppose i do more <clears throat> um, when i do venture into that category i do a lot of paintings of west texas for yeah. my travels down to terlingua yeah i try to get down to the big bend region at least once a year i'm crossing my fingers i'm going to make it this yeah. year <laughs> yeah yeah i'd usually go down for the chili festival so i do a lot of landscapes of that mm -hmm. region mm -hmm. not too much you know, people on horseback and that sort of right, right. motif. You, but okay. I, I, I like the barren landscape down there. And it's not really as barren as people think No, it's it not. Is. There's a host of flora and fauna in the region mm -hmm. that just, if, if you just close your eyes and listen, you can hear that there's another world out there in mm -hmm. the... In, in those mountains well and that's part of uh, the artist's mind too mm -hmm. to to picture 
that and then then create it. I have a couple of other um, quotes that I, I just wanted you to mm-hmm. just kind of comment on because I thought they were they were good. Um, Art is never finished, only abandoned. That was Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci. I mean, I thought that kind of reminded me of a question I wanted to ask you. You know, when you decide, oh, I just need to. I need to do a painting, you know, and you get everything all set up and get started. Do you have several working at a time or do you finish that one, finish it? Right. No, I, I definitely have several going at the same uh-huh. time because um, it's easier for me if I can leave one alone, whether it's because of drawing purposes or I just don't know where the painting is going mm. right then then I can move on to the next one. So I usually have between three to five in rotation, so to speak. And right now I actually have a giant one on my easel in in my studio that I've been working on for over a year. It's still in rotation, but it's been kind of challenging for me to get it finished. And so I need other works. I need other works to mm-hmm. kind of take my concentration off in a different direction so I don't obsess over it too much because sometimes if I work on it too much it just kind of clogs my brain and I can't really think about where it needs to go but Mm. that is an excellent quote because I think about that painting when I haven't worked on it in a couple of weeks (laughs) right have I abandoned it (laughs) have I abandoned my work (laughs) absolutely well you know and I kind of wonder do you you just sort of come into something with a, a feeling about shapes or a feeling about colors. This one's going to have a lot of blue in it. Or do you, do you kind of even look at I You can tell I know nothing about <laughs> art. I, I usually start with a subject, uh-huh. with the Terlingua painting. I knew I wanted right. to paint the If landscape, you're a landscape, right. right? Uh-huh. But I also knew I wanted to make it a little more surrealistic in nature, mm. a little... Give it a little bit of humor, maybe. Um, so I kind of had my subject wrapped up, and then I moved on to color. Yeah. Um, so I, whenever I started on a canvas, um, I decided for this one, I was going to work with texture on the canvas. So mm. I used a marbling paste that has, it's a polymer base, meaning it's plastic, basically. Mm-hmm. But it so it has relief. I mean, you right. can, yeah. But it has marble dust in it. So when it dries, uh-huh. you can sand it, you can paint it, you can do whatever you want. Oh, really? It. Yeah, it's a really That is cool, material. yeah. Yeah, it's a great material. Then I washed the whole canvas with a really thin layer of viridian before I started painting the desert colors mm-hmm. on top of it. So, um there's a there's a definite process because I like a lot of depth in my oil paintings. So there's a lot of layers that go on to it. Now I'm now I want to go home and work on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotten gotten you excited about that. Okay, so uh, Edgar Degas says it isn't until the painter has no idea what he's doing that he makes good paintings. I would definitely agree with that <laughs> because there was a time when I was much younger when I, I guess we all think this when we're in our 20s and we're very sure of ourselves you know I thought I knew exactly what I was doing and I had all the answers and now I don't think I have any of the answers (laughs) and everyone tells me Susan you're being so successful you're doing such great things and I think to myself am I though (laughs) (laughs) is it happening (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, James uh, McNeil Whistler said, an artist is not paid for his labor, but for his vision. 
I think that is is true to a point. Um, I'm trying to change that a little bit in respect for my own work, especially if I'm working on something like a mural, uh-huh. because I do murals as oh, well. Oh, do you? Uh-huh. So um, some of these things can get pretty big. So <laughs> when it's a mural and I'm climbing on scaffolding or it's a 30-foot <laughs> long wall, I definitely want to get paid for my yeah, You got some <laughs> hazard pay there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, where are some of your murals? Um, I have one at Spin Connection on Franklin. Uh-huh. I've done several for the Chalk Walk downtown, and I'm currently working on a design for Heart of Texas Goodwill. Good. The, the one they're renovating, where they're renovating? Uh, this it? one is, uh, this mural is supposed to be for the uh, LaSalle. Okay. Over right. that direction. Yeah. Good. So I'm excited about that because it's a great wall. It's just, it, it needs something on it. So we're in negotiations oh. on design right oh, now. Oh, that is, well, that's cool. I'll, I'll look forward to, to, to seeing that. Um, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to hear some more about, I know you've got a, a big project coming up, a program on a art showing, (laughs) exhibition, I'll get the word right, but also you have a podcast. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. And we're back with Susan L. Sistrunk, Sistrunk, Fine Art Gallery in uh, Waco, in Uptown Waco on Washington. And uh, you've got a new um, exhibition coming up. Tell me about that. Dorianne Cobb, she's um, a faith-based artist. She lives close to Corsicana. And she uses her her passion for Christianity to fuel her works. And she loves, she believes that it, flows through her mm-hmm. in her work. So to the yes. paintbrush and then on to the canvas. Mm-hmm. Huh? She'll be opening up on June 2nd from 5 to 9 at the gallery. And I'm very excited for her because she hasn't shown her work a whole lot around Central Texas. She's a mom. She works full time. So she's, you know, she's a busy lady. And I can't thank her enough for wanting to have her work in the gallery. And she'll be up for a month. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping she has a very good turnout because she's such a sweet person, very genuine, incredibly gifted painter, and very, like I said, she's very devout in her faith. That, that, is, that is neat, the way she's coupled all those aspects of her mm-hmm. life, her creativity and her faith. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love hearing that. Um, speaking of creativity, I mean, obviously you're a gifted painter and a creative when it comes to jewelry making but you are also a tremendous writer i have started listening to echoes in the gallery which is your podcast when did you start doing that um let's see about oh i want to say it was about 10 months ago one of my friends said to me you know susan you've got a great voice you do have you a wonderful do voice something yeah. with it and i said what do you want me to do with it i talk all day long <laughs> and, <laughs> And he said, no, you should think about doing a podcast. And I'd always toyed with the idea of writing for years now and just kind of put it off because I am not good at grammar. Just like art scares some people, grammar scares me. So so he said... That doesn't matter. Just just start writing. Just start right. writing. Write yeah. it in Google Drive. It'll fix your grammar for you. Well, that's true. We'll do it will do a lot of those kind of things. And if you're and if you're 
you've got characters, they talk that way. Right. Know? So I thought about, well, now, okay, I'll write something, but what do I want to write about? And I thought, well, what do you know about? You know about art, so <laughs> write about art. <laughs> well, I I have started, I've, I've got to listen to the first two episodes of Echoes in the Gallery. How you have written this entire, is this like a book? Yes, it's it's going to be a book when it's done. I'm well, still in the process of writing. and So, so you haven't even finished it. I'm not but completely finished. I think that is so cool. So as you're, as you're telling these stories, mm-hmm. basically, and moving the plot line mm-hmm. along, you're still you're still creating. I am. I'm fascinated so, with your process. So Isn't... episode five actually drops tonight. Mm-hmm. I've had, I'm really fortunate because I've had some really good coaching from Beth Richards yeah. on audio. And she's kind of helped me learn how to project my voice and speak up a little bit more. And how to get a better audio quality sound. Some of the people I used to Sounds work with. Sounds great to me. Some yeah. of the people I worked with at Channel 6 have stepped in to give me some coaching. So mm-hmm. all the advice is so wonderful. And a co- colleague of mine, Todd Nafe, has helped me with the editing process and kind of keeping me honest. But yeah, it's, it's evolving now. I mean, right now, episode five drops tonight. And I am just about on episode 10 of writing. Of writing it. Yeah. And there's going to be somewhere between 20 and 25, I think, episodes. And this is volume one. So. Oh, my goodness. So So these characters, we will continue to see them. We will continue to see some of them. Some of them. Some of them. (laughs) Some of them. But you'll start to get a little bit of information tonight about what happened last week. Last week, Gwen went missing. Ah. And so this week we find out what has happened to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Next week, during episode six, we're going to get our first bombshell about what they're really up to. It's an interesting kind of art crime because when I was researching, okay, I want to write about art crime. What kind of art crime do I want to write about? Well, forgery's been done left and right. Well, sure, yeah. play into this in a little in some form mm-hmm. but I didn't want that to be the real crime crime mm-hmm. um it's still a crime but I didn't want it to be what they're really going after so then I get this idea one night in the middle of the night I, I literally sat up and I, <laughs> I was like wait and so I started googling to find out and I won't give it away yeah but to find out if this art crime that I was inventing had been done before so I did all kinds of research, and I could not find any evidence oh, of it. Oh, really? It doesn't mean it hasn't been done. So we, what we think is a unique I, crime I for a whodunit. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty yeah. unique art crime, and I haven't <laughs> I haven't found any evidence that it's happened before, so I'm excited. <laughs> that is, this is just, this is, really, I, I was really beside myself when I started hearing these. And they're 10 minutes long. It's not mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm time but of course you know link you can certainly find them and, and mm-hmm. catch up yeah I want echoes to in the gallery again echo, the name of yes, it yes echoes in the gallery and I wanted to keep them short because 10 minutes isn't a lot of time that you have to devote to it you can do that while you're washing the dishes right you know right and, and kind of catch up catch up with, mm-hmm. with with where we were in the storyline well that is that's just amazing and my hat's off to you for for that and um yeah, so how, how can folks find that and, and also your other okay. 
socials and so forth. Yes. Okay. So I'm on Facebook, Susan L. Sis Drunk at Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, the podcast Echoes in the Gallery is on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Okay. Um, it's also... I found it on your Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, it's also on my Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where I found it. an easy way to find me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, just make sure you type in the L because there's actually another Susan Sistrunk in Central Texas who's a realtor. Really? Yep. Someone saw my name on a billboard once <laughs> and, and said, asked, "Oh, you're selling so, so real, real estate." No, I said, oh, okay, no. <laughs> no, that would not be that would not be me. Oh, good. Well, I like to end these visits with a little question and answer. It's it's uh, similar to the one the late great James Lipton would do on mm-hmm. Inside the Actor Studio, okay. and uh, so this is my take on it. What is your favorite word? I think I like delicious. Mm. I think that's my favorite word. Yum. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. What What is your least favorite word? Can't. Yeah. I don't like that word because it yeah. implies defeat. Right. Right. I have heard that before from guests. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, silence. As I've gotten older... I found that I live such a public life kind of here in Waco, and I'm always so busy that when I have silence, it's just a breath of fresh air, and my mind can clear, and I feel like I can breathe. Hmm. Hmm. What turns you off, then, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um <clears throat> Being distracted from my goals, I suppose, mm-hmm. by things that aren't important. If I allow myself to become derailed yeah. by the nonsensical things that happen in life that really aren't worth getting upset about, that that is a huge turnoff to me, yeah, spiritually well, and creatively. That's that's well said. I mean, I, so I have yeah, to, that's I, true. I have to be very um, cognizant mm-hmm. of. Where not I focusing on the focusing small on, stuff. Yes, not focusing <laughs> yeah. on the small stuff. <laughs> not focusing because it, sometimes it can. That's just all you see. Exactly. All you see. What sound do you love the most? Wind chimes. Oh, good. I love wind yeah. chimes. Yeah, they're they're just relaxing to me. Yeah, I was sit when my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends of ours in Oklahoma, I didn't know these were available, and I have since mm-hmm. sent them as a as a gift after a loss in a family. But it's wind chimes, and then personalized the little oh. thing at the bottom, personalized with my mom's That's name, cool. and you know, it's something to the effect you know when you hear hear the wind, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah, very, very sweet. Uh, what sound do you hate? <laughs> Trains. <laughs> well. Because I live so close to the I was going to say, <laughs> listen closely and you might hear one here. <laughs> I thought, I think we're going to get this recorded without a train going by. <laughs> yeah, you do hear that. What other profession would you like to have tried or to try? Archaeology. Really? Uh-huh. And I'm still, I, you never know. I might decide to go back and get my master's yeah, at some point well. in time and study art history. Uh, I love art history very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It plays a deep role in my teaching over the years. And I love the idea of digging in the dirt and finding mm-hmm. a past civilization or being a part of some 
discovery of lost civilizations that have come before us because yeah. we can learn so much from history and civilizations that have come before us. Yeah, very, very interesting. What job do you know you would not want to do? I'd never want to be um, any job where I pretty much have to sit at a desk all day long. I can't see you doing that. Because I tried it for six months. I went to work as a graphic designer, and I lasted six months. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's it. That's all, folks. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, one last question. What do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, You did a good job. Yeah. That would do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are doing a good job. You did a good job. You can rest now. <laughs> oh, Susan, really, I go visit your art gallery, Susan L. Sistrunk Art Gallery at 2120 mm-hmm. Washington in Uptown Waco on the, later in the weekend, Thursday mm-hmm. through. Yeah, Thursday yeah, through Saturday. Through Saturday. But I'm always available. For, yeah, you could call. I mean, for, it's easy to um, reach you. Yeah, you can always call me at 254-733-9478 to schedule a private appointment. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Well, and check out the lovely, your wonderful work there as well mm-hmm. as uh as an artist up and coming that you are featuring. It's yes. just a great thing for them that you're doing as well. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it, Anne. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. All right. Well, we will see you next time on Central Texas Life. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.